The following podcast may be explicit. One Joe Young presents Adventures from the Shed, a tabletop RPG podcast. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. And you're finding us online right now at Adventures from the Shed. We are on Podbean Live if you're listening. Otherwise, you're catching us at a later time. Hey, something super special this week. We are sending Jason from the batter's box up to the plate, and he's going to be running a session for us. Um, So, Jason, how about you kick us off from there? Yes, yes. Joe was very gracious of this here, and uh, you know I was able to get enough incriminating photos of him to allow him to take over this, uh, you know, uh, podcast here. And I will be subjecting this group of adventurers to my whims. But uh, we are going to be playing in a sprawling, vast city metropolis area. There's going to be uh, some noir themes to it. There's going to be, um, you know, espionage, intrigue, all that kind of fun stuff here. Uh, depending on what the players want. I mean, who knows? It could all devolve into some something crazy and absolutely nothing what I prepared for, which is normal for normal. me. Very, very much normal. Yes. Be expected. So hey, let's go around and say hi. Let's uh, let's try going alphabetical again. See what happens. Hey, this is Chris. I'll be playing a Yuan T pureblood rogue named Ophidian. B. This is Eli. I'm playing a tiefling bard named Raze. Raze, and I'm Joe. I am playing a uh, warforged artificer named Rolex. That leaves you, Randy. Yeah, Randy. Randy. Okay, I didn't right, know you were right. skipping Jason for this. Uh, you did oh, do J- 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 Jason already went. I'm <laughs> Randy, and I'll be playing a tabaxi. She goes by the name Les. You'll figure that uh, the whole name out later. I'm also playing the guy with computer issues, as always. So. Yes, as always. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a D&D night without uh, Randy oh, and he, issues. He's a fighter. Old reliable. Reliable. All right. So, um, yeah, no, we are going to be jumping into the Kingdom of Eridin, um, a vast and sprawling empire. And before we jump into there, we're going to go around and we're going to meet some of these characters. Prior to this game, I sent out a map of the city, what it looks like, some basic knowledge of what people who live in this particular area would probably know already about the city to help fill in some backstory elements. And then, of course, my players uh, sent me their backstories, and that, of course, altered a few things here and there. But now we have have what I feel is a good base to start our adventure off in. So before we get started, who wants to introduce their character first? Anybody? Ooh, I'll go because Chris is chewing, Eli covered his mouth, and Randy's looking in confusion at his computer. I was just yes, figuring out where we are on the map. <laughs> so I, um, like Jason had described, we are in city, essentially. It's all urban and it is just sprawl of buildings with some lakes in between big buildings big place um it's like what is it? it's days essentially to get from one side to yes. the next so um the the way i'm playing my character so my character uh rolex is a warforged artificer that was created over a hundred years ago by a family that was in power at the time and fell out of power because their lineage ended right before they fell out of power they were trying to get warforged to take over the family line and things just kind of fell apart rolex was left unactivated in a warehouse and was discovered about three or four years ago. And once he was put uh, online, he's now wondering why he's alive and kind of has this little, 
I don't know if you'd call it an existential crisis, but more curiosity where he's a constructed being that has that is sentient and he wants to know why there aren't more of them outside of the Warforged race themselves. So he's going to be spending a lot of his time just trying to figure out how he can construct a different sentient being, uh, some other self-aware constructed being. Um, so he spent a fair amount of his time over the last several years looking for any kind of task or thing that would get him closer to finding new materials, uh, things that are just possibly able to help fuse non-living into living. And as an artificer, I also chose at level three, um, the Battlesmith, which gives him a, um, a constructed um, steel defender is what it's called in the rules. And it's essentially his pet. And he has what is a, a large metal cat that uh, follows him around and just kind of keeps up with him all the time. Um, so the, uh, the other thing that because we're playing as all the characters know of each other, if not actually have spent time together. Um, one of the things he's been doing since he first learned how to kind of manipulate magic was instead of using just straight up um, hardware to like attacks and stuff, for example, he uses a heavy crossbow. And instead of loading it with crossbow bolts, as soon as he learned how to use magic to create ammunition, that's all he uses now. It's like he doesn't carry around crossbow bolts anymore because he has this skill that allows him to create ammunition and immediately load the weapon. So he ignores the loading. And, um, and also because of that, I'll be using intelligence as my attack modifier instead of dexterity or strength because of the way he's able to manipulate stuff. So he's really thought of himself more as um, smart than strong and wants to continue the what he sees as um, a whole new thing in the world, which is a sentient constructed being compared to, you know, living, breathing tissue type of thing. So um, the other thing I'd like to mention is I don't know how close it might fit to anything you already had in mind, Jason, but presuming we're building some of this with you as we go, I'm going to say he was discovered in District 8, which is kind of a small district to the yep. southeast of Winterspeak, has spent most of his time there, but has traveled pretty much all around the Aridin Empire, uh, the city at least, while looking for jobs, tasks, little things here and there. And um, he's mostly a wanderer because he doesn't need to sleep and eat. He just has to shut down in an alley for a few hours to, to recover. Um, that, and that's about it. So yeah, that's kind of where he sits. Um, the other thing is armor with the Warfords that kind of incorporate armor into them. So he started as wood and metal and has added leather into his build. So essentially he's wearing studded leather armor. Love nice. it, love it. He's been moved around a couple of times when he shuts down in the alleyways. He wakes up in a different alley and he's just like <laughs> yeah. somebody yeah. moving around. <laughs> Searching the databanks. Was I here before? Was I here? Yeah. Uh, it just leads to more of his confusion, which exactly. is great. Which exactly. I love right there. Love it. Absolutely fantastic. And then uh, it's a good thing to note here for everybody who's listening. Uh, typically, we play with the standard PHB uh, rule sets and books. We are still doing standard array for our... Um, our ability modifiers and everything else like that. But we have opened up this game here uh, for all classes, all um, abilities, feats, and things like that that are published content um, that I had available through D&D Beyond. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Rolex in action here. Very cool stuff. All right, who wants to go next? I think I'll go ahead and go next. Love it. So go I'm playing Raze, R-A-Z-E, 
as in raise to the ground, destroy, annihilate. Uh, as, so he's uh, a peacekeeper. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. Nice, he's a nice. police officer. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> this is uh, for any of you in the audience who don't know, tieflings, when they come of age, they typically take a name that embodies an ideal that they want to pursue. Uh, Ray's took his because of his disillusionment with the government of the Eridan Empire. Uh, the aristocracy that is in place and in his eyes has committed horrendous injustices against the common folk. So he has resolved to work against it in any way that he can. Uh, currently, unbeknownst to most people, uh, he's a uh, an affiliate with certain gangs in the city uh, that are trying to undermine the government, but ultimately his goal is to just replace it entirely. It's th this system is not working, so he needs it gone. He needs something that will benefit the people. With so many people living in the cities, it's so easy for, for anybody to slip through the, yeah. the, the government's fingers and in his eyes, one that slips through is one too many. Uh, he's a, a bard, technically College of Whispers, but he plays it off that he's more uh, <laughs> uneducated, I guess is the proper way to go about that. Uh, anybody who, who will ask him, he'll say, oh, I, I never formally studied at any, any college. A couple classes here and there, some stories, some verses. Uh, his entire concept is the deal with the devil. Uh, so while he is a tiefling, I chose some uh, unique traits for him uh, that are different from regular tieflings. So he doesn't cast a shadow. He's got goat legs and hooves. And he's while, while being kind of tall, he usually walks with a hunch. His whole shtick is to get people to talk themselves into contracts with him. And then from there, he, he'll extract information, favors, coin if he needs it. Just anything to further his cause, he will, he'll swindle any, any nobleman, any businessman, any person of remote power that he has to. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. Uh, who wants to come up next? Because that—that's really all I have to share about him. Okay, okay, yeah, no, that was great. I, mean, I wanted to keep going. That's what I was, I was like, oh, oh well, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just going. kidding. No, we'll save, like we'll, save it, we'll save it. We'll save it. We'll save it. Yeah, we'll save it. We'll save it for the game for things coming exactly. after. But uh, love it. Very good stuff. All right, so Randy, Chris, who wants to go next? I'll go. I am playing a big cat person by the name of Tabaxi, or a it's a Tabaxi, <laughs> uh, not his name. What's your name, Tabaxi? Who are, what are you about, Tabaxi? Tabaxi, Tabaxi? Tabaxi, the Tabaxi. Would work. No, what uh, is your name, what is your race, what is your occupation? Tabaxi, your Tabaxi, Tabaxi. He's a Tabaxi Which, driver. I'm just going to say Tabaxi like a... He's a taxi okay. cat now. <laughs> <laughs> his name's and, no longer less, it's now Tabaxi. <laughs> I'm kidding, so, I'm kidding. Tabaxi of uh, unique names uh, kind of reminds me of like 70s uh, hippie kind of standards. People have names usually such as like Flowers of the Sun or River Flowing Through mm. Rain or something. I went with Follower of Paths Less Taken. His name is Less for short. Uh, he is from the High River Clan. Uh, he got his name from his mother because he always seems to go a different direction than his younger siblings, usually leading to trouble. At the age of 16, he was recruited by one of the warring families. 
Always kind and caring, he takes care of anyone in need and will protect anyone that is in danger and cannot defend themselves. The last several years, he has found uh, himself no longer in an army and has been a free agent helping his friends and comrades do various missions, always with a smile on his fuzzy face. He doesn't say much about his time as a soldier, but he always speaks highly of the family, as he calls them, and says he wouldn't change the side he fought on for anything in the world. Uh, he, uh, he's a fighter. He's, uh, I, I, his, uh, I have him using a shield that you cannot make out what emblem is on it because, uh, I think he, uh, plays off of Joe's character quite well. He's from the same family that Joe's, uh, Warforged played on. And, oh, uh, that's good to know. He does have, uh, uh, he does carry their emblem on him still, but, uh, he keeps it hidden because, uh, he knows that, uh, if he was seen out with that, it would not go very well for him. So he keeps that hidden. So even though he is friendly towards everyone, he definitely stays in the shadows when it comes to that family. Okay. Good stuff. Good stuff. Tabaxi the Tabaxi. I love him. All right. Less. Uh, and then, uh, <laughs> not less. Because less, like less is more. Less is yes. more. Less is more or less. Yes. All right. And then Chris, last but not least, man. All right. So my character's name is Ophidian. Uh, I'm playing this as an androgynous character. Nobody really knows if it's male or female. Um, <clears throat> it's a wanty turbula, which basically means it looks human. Um, it might have something that uh, looks snake-like, like maybe eyes or scales on the skin, which uh, this person would hide uh, to move about society, because usually the wanty turbulas are uh, used to uh, spy on <clears throat> other races. And basically, the wanty want to take over the world. That's kind of the thing. And they see other races as just meat. You're either wanty or you're meat. Um, but I'm playing this a little bit differently where uh, they might look down upon other races, but they enjoy uh, interacting with other races and cultures to uh, they almost overindulge on the luxuries and the food and the flesh and the fine dining and everything that goes along with it. So th my character is just kind of like doing that spy job just so they could have as much fun as possible and keep it going. They just want to keep the party going the whole time. Um, so a little bit of that where they, they won't, They'll almost like uh, screw up a mission just to kind of keep the party going and not give completely everything to their wanty masters. Um, they also have a, I have this person that's very good at persuasion and deception and disguising. So I have a couple of aliases and personas. Um, one of them is a, a member of the legal counsel to Jungle Pashar, one of the families here. Also, another one's just an arrogant uh, daughter of a, a dead uh, baron. And another one is a, a journalist for, for the Erden Gazette. So I have a couple personas that I might just work in here and there, uh, depending how Jason, uh, depending how things go and how Jason can use that to his advantage or disadvantage, maybe. But that's pretty much it. And I guess uh, what I, I would say for me to work with some of the characters, I think College of Whispers works out pretty good with Eli's character. They, you know, maybe just work together on certain <laughs> things. I like the whole idea of overthrowing governments. That's definitely uh, right their alley. Okay. Uh, Joe's character, I like the fact that you can make um, uh, these little little tinkerer stuff, like yeah. little devices, like the, which I would use for distractions or like I would love, like I would say I, I, I'm, a, I'm one of your customers, you know, you make me this, you make me that. I'm not sure how I could work in with Randy's character yet. Maybe just we just know each other through uh, Rollins or something like that, you know, <laughs> kind of in passing. Um, I do have a question about Ophidian, Chris. You've kind of clued us in about it, but I do feel it's important to ask. Yep. When Ophidian is not playing a persona, what pronouns do they use? They, them, he, him, she, her, a combination? 
they will just say their name. They won't say either way unless somebody outright asks them, and they will try to just be vague and, uh, yeah, they'll change the subject. I like that. Keep it All close right. to the chest. That way, uh, no one really like knows. It. No one really I like knows. it. Yeah, I, ca- I, I kind of, like I was trying to find like an old picture of like David Bowie back in the '70s when he had long hair because it kind of could go either way, you know. But I couldn't find anything that worked out, so I kind of have a picture. It might look a more, more female in the picture, but. It could be either way, right? And 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 granted, the picture has like snake eyes and snake scales, but when they're out in public, they don't look like they would be makeup over that. They, you wouldn't see anything. All right. They just like pure. They, and all the personas are human looking, you know, depending on their look. Okay. Okay. Sweet. Okay. So what I'd like to do to try to kind of establish the group together already is just get a question for all of you here. Um, you all obviously have met as we start off this game here. We're going to be starting off in probably one of the districts around the city here. The city itself is, again, sprawling. Buildings are minimum of 10 to 12 stories tall, and most of the district people are living on top of each other. Um, space is, is it's a commodity in this particular area. But as Ray's said, it is very easy for people to go unnoticed disappear for things to ha- to happen in the dark in the shadows and for these groups and these powerful organizations to extend their reach into the underbelly of the city and not only have control over what's going on on the surface but really control of what's going on around all of the corners and in all the shadows and dark places again uh the reach of these families is very powerful and in doing so they have incurred powerful enemies rebellions, groups, and gangs now roam the streets and control certain blocks and have now gained influence on here. So with that being said, what do you guys think? What do you guys think uh, got you all together for a mission here or for a job? Was it something something espionage-wise? Was it something uh, from a mutual contact? Or was it just maybe for the need of some quick, cold, hard cash? Hmm. I think my guy would say espionage more. You know, That's how I would rope people in. Okay. Uh, Ray's would absolutely be in this for a group that needs a face, uh, a, a talker, a silver tongue, because we've kind of got all the bases covered. We've got, we've got the acrobat, the face, the hacker, and the muscle. Yeah, kind of very all cyberpunk. Here. Very cyberpunk going. Very cyberpunk. I love, me some cyberpunk. When cyberpunk's working, when cyberpunk's working on the actual consoles and stuff, I like it. Mm. <laughs> Hot take. <laughs> I was so bummed out for that game. But anyways, okay, so uh, Rolex, uh, Les, what about you? Or what do you guys think? Uh, for for me, at least, for Rolex, it's going to be, um, it would mainly be going along with the other guys because he's just looking, he's gathering his own information. Unless there was a mission that, that was specifically for him, then he would just be going along and trying to gather whatever he could along the way. Okay, and then uh, Les? I think Les uh, remembers Rolex, so he would try to keep a watch on him uh, already. Uh, plus, he would do anything to, you know, kind of hurt the other families, uh, be it sabotage or whatever. The okay. Other, I mean, okay. Besides right. espionage, I would also be money motivated because of the right. Uh, opinion wants a high society lifestyle. So right. Need, they need to keep that going. Right, right. So then, since Ophidian and Ray's would be two of the people who would have some particular contacts here, we're going to just do a couple of quick rolls to determine how the success of your first kind of interaction with each other, and then we're going to jump into the actual game. This will also dictate how much money you all start off with, because yes, this is a game where money is going to be a factor. People in this city 
uh, consider people who are wealthy, who have substance, who have, um, again, uh, a place, and again, that type of fancy clothes, that that crimson minotaur, you know, newest logo uh, <laughs> jacket, uh, and things like that here, those, you know, high tops. They, they consider those people to be the cream of the crop. So again, money will be important in this particular game. So we are going to track it. We typically don't track money for general purposes in our other games here, but this, I feel, is going to be a theme inside this particular game here. So, cool. Uh, Ophidian and Rays have the contacts that would be um, able to, again, procure a job of money and, of course, maybe throw a little wrench into society. I'm going to have the two of you start us off with a couple of roles here. So, um, let's see here. Uh, Ophidian, please make me a persuasion check here to see if you can persuade one of your contacts that you have in terms of getting information on a particular job uh, and what kind of value that job would have on there. And then raise uh, same thing for me, please, if you wouldn't mind. Give me a, uh, a persuasion check to see. Standard uh, roll. Standard roll. Standard persuasion check. Yeah. You want me a d20 plus your ability modifier? Is it rolling? It looks like it rolled, it rolled on my end. Okay. Okay. So, uh, 26. oh my, <laughs> I did not do very well. Okay, so Ophidian, uh, your your contact at the Antiguan Gazette um, has got a rumor from a certain individual who's renamed, uh, who will remain unnamed, um, of course, because again, in this city, anonymity is a power. It is a luxury that people do not like to give up. But through your contact of Annette Diva, she has given you some information about um, the Wintermere family, the current controlling family in Aridin, the uh, three families that have control over this particular sect of the city um, are jockeying for power. They are currently in the highest seat of power. They are preparing to unleash a new um, expensive and vastly wonderful technological um, wonder, the airship travel station from the Steelden tram lines. This is a way for them to get across the city in mere minutes versus taking hours or days through traditional horse and buggy, through cart, through walking like the peasants, and of course, through their actual uh, electrical systems, railways that they have now built into these systems here. There are many war forged in um, and creatures that man those stations there. And so Ophidian, through this, Raze was introduced to you. Raze, somebody who knows individuals who could potentially help infiltrate, sabotage, and get some information based on what's going on and how the Wintermere family is really performing this type of technological feat. Now, unfortunately, Raze's contact was not very good with his role. Uh, and that will affect kind of how you guys performed in getting into the actual um, uh, particular building and things like that here. But we have two other individuals that you brought on to this job here. We have Les and we have Rolex who are hired on to help again get into the Steelden tramways and to their factories here. Raise, unfortunately, the tips that you had as far as how to beat security just weren't good. They weren't very knowledgeable. And your group quickly fell into the spotlight and sirens were alarmed. And again, uh, you had to think fast on how to again escape the situation. So Rolex and Les, what would you two do in this particular situation, hired on to again uh, help these two sabotage or again uh, get information that can implicate the Wintermere family? But it's kind of went sideways with Ray's 
not so good tip off. <clears throat> um, wow. I'm trying, honestly, I'm trying to think of where Rolex would care. Okay. That's fine. I'm, I'm, really, I'm just thinking of, does it matter? I mean, I guess he would, he would care if Ray's or Ophidian actually got in trouble. You know, if they okay. needed to be bailed out of something. But in the meantime, if it just wasn't going well, I think he'd just roll with it. Roll okay. It, you know? Les, what, would, what do you say? Uh, Les would mostly follow with her lead, but he would also just uh, tell them that you know, he knows a lot of the people, so he could probably, you know, be asked to go and, you know, ask around for more information next time. And he could, <laughs> he could find out. <laughs> Raise his contacts weren't good enough, but I know people. I know some people here. Okay. Uh, then um, let's just go ahead. Rolex and Les, please make me just an inside check to see if you guys would react in a certain way based on how the situation is devolving. Insight, you say? Yeah, insight. Yeah, to see if you guys can determine, you know. What was the name of the airship again? What air something? Um, uh, well, so it's the Steeldon Tram Line. So it's their uh, airship uh, um, uh, luxury line that's being coming out that's going to be gotcha. able to go back and forth. So Rolex got that. Les, are you? I am just waiting for it to pop up. Sorry. Holy crappers, Randy oh, started with a crit. Oh. Okay. It so, took him 20 minutes to get on, but his first roll's a doozy. <laughs> so, uh, Rolex and, and Les, you actually, again, uh, realize that Ray's contact has led you into the wrong area of the factory. And it is, again, something that where, where high security is and things like that here. The two of you, with your quick actions, were able to, uh, uh, Rolex, you were able to pose as one of the Warforge, uh, almost kind of like um, uh, laborers that are wandering around the actual facility and putting together and doing a lot of the heavy lifting. Unless you're able to, again, uh, uh, posturize that the fact that, uh, you know, you are a, a foreman or you're like a actual person who works here. And some of the people who are the laborers in this factory it, you do know. You do know them. You are some. Somebody, and they go, oh, what's up, Les? How you doing? And you're able to again bypass uh, this information, and you're able to get closer inside. Now, we're going to speed forward here because I want to get into the actual game, and I just kind of want to set this up as far as how you guys came into here. Ophidian, you're looking for um, information on how this is this technological feat when the city is struggling for power the city is struggling for resources the, the long-held rumor of the wintermere family is that they can no longer produce the materials to create these things but yet they're creating these grand um obscenely luxurious luxurious airships um and then rays you are there as well uh, you have been given information from your contacts at the fifth form that they don't want these things to fly they want these things to stay on the ground and embarrass the Wintermere family to, again, ups, uh, upset the power balance and really uh, show them in a poor light to the masses. So with that, I just want all four of you to make me a D20 roll, just a straight roll, no modifier on this. We're going to see how lucky the group is in terms of achieving this kind of first mission here. Let's see. 18, 12, 11. The roll mark? Uh, I didn't see yours roll yet. The heck? There we go. It's not looking too bad thus far. Uh, okay. Oh, all, right. Yes. all right. All right. All right. All right. Well so, above average. Above average. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. Above average. So the group is successful. You guys were able to, Ophidian, you were able to find out 
that these cities, the districts, districts 12, districts 15, where they have so much poverty, so much hurt. And again, uh, Rays, you're familiar with this area because this is where a lot of the rebellious groups are at, the ones that want real change, a lot of the home bases for gangs and um, uh, 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 organizations that are against the aristocracy are again founded. You guys are successful in getting information. Ophidian, you find out and through several documents that they are diverting power from this particular area. Power is now no longer being funneled into the actual uh, districts here, and they are stealing and bringing it over into this particular area to fund and power these things. As well, they're also an unusual note at the very bottom from one of the foremen inside the actual um, factory saying that the 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 Wintermere family, Garthok, the head of their daily affairs, one of their principal um, leaders within the Wintermere family, is ordering several parts of the district to be torn down and using the materials to actually build and construct a lot of these particularly um, extravagant uh, uh, um, airships. Um, Rays, you're able to successfully sabotage two of the airships that are being launched. There are three, but you're able to successfully sabotage two, and you estimate that they're probably now set back at least a month from their initial kind of launch. They're supposed to launch next week, but you not know that they're no longer going to be able to do so, or if they do try to launch, it is probably going to end up in disaster. So with that, you are all paid. Uh, you're all paid the... You're all paid 150 gold pieces, starting off. Which is which is which is a decent amount of coin. Decent amount of like coin in this, in this city. A decent amount of coin in this city here, and that is where we are going to begin the game. After this heist, several days after here, the city itself has um, spread gossip and rumors. There was an accident at the factory and the grand uh, unveiling and, and the ceremony where they were going to have all the families present and they were going to have all these uh, wonderful celebrations and things like that, celebrating the winter mirrors and their technological achievement have all been postponed for several weeks. Uh, there is growing uh, a, there's a growing swell raise in the underground as people are seeing this as a sign of weakness, a sign to strike. Some groups are being a little bit bold and saying this is the time that we take things back. So keep that, take that with however you want to take that raise. But any questions before we get started? Yeah, what um, what would the wonky, uh, what would they care about these items? Or do as, they far, have any, like, as far as which items, I'm sorry. This, either like the sabotaging of the airships or do they care that the Wintermere family are stealing energy from other districts? They're interested in the why because, again, the document itself didn't exactly say how they were stealing. They weren't simply diverting it. They were physically taking things and securing um, supplies, materials, and energy from this particular district. And this district um, has recently been in the news that has been quarantined for some time. You guys know that the Wintermere family has sent in the Obsidian Guard, which are a uh, group of constructs that patrol around the city and keep enforcement of the law, and no one is allowed in or out of that particular area for some time. 
And this was District 14, was it that you said? District 12 and District 15. 12 yep. and 15. Oof, I just split the difference, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> 12 and 15. Got it. All right. Wonderful. And that's where they're stealing the power from. That's where they're stealing the power from, yes. And then parts of those districts, giant chunks of them are quarantined off. Now, I'm trying to look at it from, <clears throat> so my character, I specifically for Rolex, I picked true neutral. One of the reasons why I was saying he would just kind of roll with it until something bad happens. But um, is it stealing or are they just rerouting the power they've made to somewhere else? Is it more like giving it to the rich people and not letting the poor people have it? It is towards the latter. Yeah. They are harvesting energy from that area and they are using it for their particular purposes. Okay. But they're, the, they're also the ones that create most of that energy, though. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. There is there is uh, their wonderful electrical uh, station that they have built, um, and uh, it supplies the majority of this part of the city with power. Uh, it goes through some hydroelectrics and stuff like that, as there are river systems that flow out into the ocean, into the Dresden Harbor, um, and uh, they get power that way. But for a long time, the city has been struggling, and now all of a sudden, they are having power that they need to unveil and unleash these wonderful, magnificent airships. Cool. All right. Okay. All right. <clears throat> and we right. have 100 gold now. 150 gold apiece. 150. Okay. I, 150 I heard 100. Piece. My mistake. Okay. 150, 150 gold apiece. Okay. So if we're ready, let's kick off game one. What do you guys say? I said we do it. Okay. Kick it. Let's go. All right. All right. So my question to you is, what district do you guys want to start this off in here? Again, District 12 and 15 are run down. There are parts of it that are quarantined off. But again, it's a massive, massive district. You know, it goes for miles and miles and miles and miles in either direction here. Um, and you can start off in there outside of the quarantined area if you guys would like to, or we can start somewhere else. Where would your group go after your particular? Well, where are the airship stations? It would be in the uh, Winter's, Peak, Winter's Peak District. Mm. I'm kind of up for kind of like starting at that point and then tracing it back. Because right? if we get into if we get into District Twelve, we, we're going to run into the, that Obsidian Guard. And that can be. Cool. <laughs> I mean, is there is there incentive for you guys to finish the job if you did two out of three? Yeah. Yeah, Ray's, you would have <clears throat> several of your contacts would be in dis in these districts here where some of these gangs and some of these uh, places are at. Um, that would be kind of your point of safety in there. Um, Rolex, you've been around the city for several years. You, you, you definitely are familiar with these districts, as is Les. So it's up to you guys as far as where that goes. Ophidian obviously was looking maybe for that high-class area, staying in there. That's where Ophidian likes to be. But uh, it's up to the group as far as where you decide to go after this job, this high-profile job, this job that you guys had successfully pulled off here, and now you're cooling down just a little bit. I don't want to sully myself with the refuse. <laughs> <laughs> Joe actually brings up a good point. Uh, was were my instructions to disrupt as much of the ceremony as possible, or was my were my instructions to demolish the entirety of it? It was to disrupt them as much as possible. Okay. Uh, if so, in that case, Ray's would probably just be heading back to District Twelve, just a place to lay low for a while, since. Since that area of the city is already being ignored, nobody's going to come looking for him there. Um, okay. That, that, that's that's how I, that's how Rays would be looking at it. If we're all staying as a group, though, Rays is competent enough to uh, keep himself hidden in the higher districts. Okay. 
Does it make sense to, uh, I'm just going off some of the news about the, you know, the whole power shortage thing and like some of the Wintermere family have gone to the Ashen Furnaces and there's whistleblowers mentioned. Is it, does it make sense to try to get more information on those whistleblowers? That's all we got out of them, what was said in the Gazette. I mean, you can always get more information. I'm absolutely, I put that stuff out there for you guys to uh, do what you will with. I guess I'd try to work that angle a little bit to see if we can uh, get more intel to see if we need, it might give us a better, uh, do we start district 12 or 15 or do we start someplace in the winter speed district, you know, kind of thing. Kind of like the start to the, the labyrinth, but where should we enter? Les, what do you think? Yeah, I would, uh, I would like, I would like to poke, pull at that string first. That's me. I think Randy needs to be reminded he's playing less. Yeah, less. Uh, I know I'm playing, he's but doing less more. still talking, so I was just uh, yeah. kind of waiting. Uh, uh, if you guys uh, need me to look around District 12 for anyone who works there to get back in there, if that's what a mission is that you wish to continue, then we can continue doing that. That's fine by me. If not, then uh, we can. I can ask around for other things. Just let me know how I'm most useful. The mission was... Carried out to the best of our abilities. We have no reason to go and finish the job, per se. So let's lay low for a while. Let the heat die down. That's fine. Rolex? Um, Rolex would be fine with the idea of um, checking out with, uh, with any whistleblower simply because... It, it upsets balance. If somebody's blowing a whistle, something's bad enough, something bad enough is happening that they're willing to, um, to stick their neck out there. And, and I think uh, that's something he would follow. So I think Rolex would be more than happy to go with uh, Ophidian on that goose chase. Okay. All right. Rays, would you be willing? To, I mean, it sounds like we have two boats going towards uh, um, pulling on that string still here. I'm still keeping low, obviously. Again, you guys are still doing your thing. But are you, uh, uh, are you down to join Rolex and Ophidian? With the disturbances we've caused, while it would be in our best interest to lay low, perhaps we can see how the families react. I'm people approaching okay whistleblowers okay all right well let's begin you guys are going to start off in the northwestern section of the wintermere winter's peak district here right outside of the grand um a nature preserve that is held by the wintermere family um again preserving the little bit of forest that is left in this massive sprawling city um uh ophidian you make your way uh through opulent city cobblestone streets um these streets here they do not again reek of um uh of dirt and grime and waste and things like that like in some of the other districts you see high class individuals uh wandering around services like taxis with carriages that are luxurious and going down the street in a nice orderly fashion and procession you hear again throughout the street as you guys are making your way through the murmuring of you know businessmen and women and these individuals that consider themselves to be the elite class talking in whispers over what happened at the Wintermere's factory as far as um is this is this a is this is this a uh, a indication that lord phineas is actually going to again lose his power in the courts oh, i'm not sure i wouldn't say that you hear these hushed whispers as you're going through and ophidian you make your way into a very very 
conveniently, um, uh, not convenient, a very um, uh, uh, humble looking shop. And inside it is quiet. There are several individuals who are well-dressed who are wandering around with goblets and uh, plates of cheese and crackers and things. You make your way into the Phantom's Grasp Art Gallery. This is where you go, Ophidian, to meet with some, rendezvous with some of your contacts. And you are there. As you all walk in here, you see a, a, a man walk up to you. He has very, very trim, greased-backed hair. The hair is so thickly greased that it, like, matches. It looks like it was painted on to the top of his head. He walks up to you and he goes, Good evening. Um... Welcome back, uh, Master Ophidian. Um, is, uh, should I prepare your usual meeting place, sir? Of course. Very good. And uh, this is the first time I've seen you bring some friends here. Um, nice pleasure to meet you. Uh, please, this way. And as he turns, uh, several individuals walk over and they hand you guys some goblets with some, what appears to be pretty good-looking wine in it. Uh, you guys can choose to take it or not, if you would like. And Ophidian, you're walked back through uh, several, several rooms, and each room has a different theme of art and artistic kind of expression on it. And as you make your way to the back, he opens up a small uh, um, curtain, and behind that curtain there is a large brass and uh, wooden door, very ornate, and he kind of like raps on it. Do, 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 do. And inside, uh, Ophidian, you see, standing inside the room there, there is your friend and somebody who you know very well, Annette Divia, the chief editor for the, Antiden, uh, for the Aridin Gazette. And she is sitting behind a desk, and she has a massive wall of the city, uh, a, a massive mural of the city behind her with different points and storyboards and pictures and drawings of individuals, fin Lord Phineas, Duke Jean-Dal Pachar. You see them all on there with different things that are attached to each of the names. It looks like there are different stories that she is following up on and leads within the city. Um, as you make your way inside, she goes, Oh, Ophidian, I was wondering when you were going to make your way back here. Um, she All right, just to interrupt, uh, so we're assuming that Annette knows my alias of the Shikati Isni, the Gazette journalist? Um, so that, that, That's the assumption we're making if this is how this is going to play out. Well, it's, it's up to you, because again, I thought Ophidian was going to be your, your, your common name that was given to everybody. Well, this team, yes, but everybody, depends what I'm, what else I'm doing. Now, Annette can know that. She can know that I pose as Shikadi for the Gazette to like interview people and work on stories. Mm. But then she needs to know. I don't want her to know anything else. You know. Okay. So okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll I don't go. want her to know my other personas either. Okay. We'll go, with that. We'll, we'll go yeah. with that name then. All right. So we'll go with that name then. All right. She goes. Oh, Shikadi. Very good to see you again here. Um, I uh, have something for you. She pulls out the sack of coins that was for the whole group here, and you guys divvy that up for that. She goes. I must say, um, <laughs> I don't know how you got uh, your friends here to uh, take care of, um, well, that uh, whistleblower's job, but uh, well done, well done. Tell me, well, what else did you find at the, um, at the factory? Uh, not as much as we would like. I was hoping you'd have some more information so we could track this back from uh, Winterspeed District instead of... <laughs> going into District 12, where it could get messy with the Obsidian Guard. Unless you have a contact we can work with on that side of the fence. Mm. She she looks over at you, and she looks at your friend. She goes, I'm so sorry, Shikanti. I, I mean, 
I'm terribly, terribly. My name is Annette. It's a pleasure to meet all of you here. Um, what are your your friends' names? Uh, this is Rolex over here, and Ray's, and that little guy over there. That's uh, we'll just call him Les for now. Les. Yes, and we have a fighter named Les. Les is more. Nice to meet you. Oh well, it's a pleasure to meet you as well. Now, perhaps you can give him a bowl of milk or something. He's, I mean, I could. Uh, he I said could, wine and hands yes. the wine over. Mm. She goes, "Oh, well, thank you. I, I, I already have some, though. Thank you, dear." She walks over to uh, the large um, map on the wall. She walks up to um, the uh, the center factory that has the airship, like a little drawing of it, and she kind of un, uh, uncorks that and she um, scribbles something down on it, and she kind of repushes it back on there, and she goes, "Now, Shukati, I mean." Uh, you did a great job here, and again, uh, part of that reward was, again, a little bit of, um, as you know, discretion in terms of who that person was. I mean, you've already done your job here, Shikati. I'm going to uh, cast suggestion on her. Okay, okay. Very good. Uh, what is the save for suggestion? Is it a wisdom save, or is it a charisma save? The wisdom save. DC wisdom 10 is pretty, it's pretty low. DC 10. Okay, let's just see. I'm let's basically just, you know, perhaps you could tell me the whistleblower's name. All right. Just trying right. to get the reveal of the identity. Okay, let's just see here. Uh, that is a five plus, yeah, plus, yeah, I'll so be, she, that's a fail. That's a fail for her. Okay. Die, though, you rolled a D10. I rolled but a D10, but I'm cool with that. Whatever. We're going to roll D30s for attacks. I, cl so. I, click, I click the wrong thing on there. My bad. So she looks at you, and she kind of smiles at you, and she goes, well, you did such a good job on this one here. Um, she looks around. She goes, can these other people here be trusted before? With, with our lives. Mm. She leans back and she pulls out a, uh, a it looks like to be like as she reaches underneath her desk and pull, clicks a little button. You hear a little and you hear and she pulls out uh, a, a small note and she puts it in front of you and she goes, the tip that I got came from Matt and she just slides it over to you. I uh, take my glass and hit hers. Cheers. 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 Now, of course. Shukati, I must say, um, if you value your job here with us, and if uh, you value your well-being, you do know that you never received any of that from me. Of course, we were never here. This conversation never happened. Good. Good. Take that and do what you will with it here. I have some uh, news to spread over, well, Lord Phineas Wintermere's uh, <laughs> embarrassing, absolutely embarrassing travesty at his factory. <laughs> All right, we will uh, leave her to be, you know, and uh, go peruse the art as I check out this note. All right, so as you open up the note here, you see that there is a symbol. It is what looks to be clockwork uh, kind of thing, but instead of the two um, uh, prongs for the hands, they are, look to be like uh, uh, serrated teeth on them, and they form almost like a T. And... Um, you recognize uh, the name. The name is the Timeless Fang. And this is an individual that has long since been rumored to have been sowing discourse into the actual city. Now, if you want to share that with your friends, you can. Uh, I want to Does Zafidi know anything about that? You know, make a history own? check. Yeah, make a history yeah. check. 
Game story. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Hey, oh. That's okay. with my negative one intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah, so with, with this, I mean, what were you trying to find out again? What were you trying to specifically find out as far as it goes? With an 18, well, yeah, so for me, um, if, yeah, I mean, granted, time, I recognize that symbol, but what do I know about this? Is this a person? Is this a group? Is this an idea? Okay. What, what, you know? Okay, I just want to know, because with an 18, you can learn, you, you can know a decent amount as far as what you want to know. So you do, there has been, again, and this is, goes into your other uh, alias here, Reservoir. You have seen documentation come across desks uh, with the reference of TF, Timeless Fangs, on them here. Yeah. And their discord that they're sowing, they're gaining power. So it, it started off as an individual. There was an ideal or a person that was behind this who started and originated deep in one of the districts. They don't know which district he started in here, but it has now spread throughout the remnant, uh, through the bulk of the city. And um, uh, they have been getting an increasing activity and increasing in power, but it did start. There is a singular person that they, somebody believes in the um, Jean Dahl uh, Pashar organization, who again, your other alias is with, they do believe it is, there's a singular snakehead of this particular organization. Okay, now is this organization known publicly, or is it just on the, you know, hush-hush? It's in whispers. People who are downtrodden, people who have been hurt by the aristocracy, look at these individuals, at, look at this, this organization as, you know, uh, a beacon of hope, just like some other organizations in there. But there are those who believe them to be, um, uh, you know, uh, terrorists, people who believe them to be, um, you know, sowing discord and trying to bring down civilization as we know it. So there are groups on either side. Uh, my kind of group. Um, <clears throat> uh, so I don't know any, we don't know district location. So, ugh, okay. I mean, you can always ask your friends as well. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to see how much I can get out first yeah. before I need to dive in because we want to. We definitely <laughs> want to keep this secret. I don't want um, these guys to burn my rep with Annette, you know. Yeah. Even if accidentally, like they, you know, yeah. Oh, I accidentally well, said something. Was there anything that the, the rest of you wanted to do before you guys left her office? For Rolex, at least, he's convinced that um, art is an integral part of. Um, the, the ability to appreciate art is integral to being sentient. So he will spend um, more time studying the art, uh, especially if there are different rooms with like different art themes. Uh, he'll spend more time studying that than paying attention to his companions. Okay. All right. so you, said, you said it was just buildings or were there like, names on the boards or anything? Yeah, so there were name, there were names on the boards. Absolutely, there was names on the boards. There was places on the boards. There's a lot of things on it. She has like got that um, like conspiracy theory wall behind her uh, almost. Plus, yeah. I mean, just checking out, see if he recognizes any of the names from his history. With sure, making it make an insight check. Oh, <laughs> Randy went to oh, the rip. other end of the scale. Yep. So, as, as, so Les, as you're walking over to the to the wall here, you're, you're carrying around that goblet. She didn't ask. She didn't say. She said she didn't want the wine from you. And as you get there, you kind of like slip, and the wine kind of spills just a little bit on there. And she goes, <gasps> she gets up really quickly. And she kind of pushes you away. She oh, goes, I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm so terribly sorry. I, yeah, I, I, I do not. Uh, uh, Shukati, please, please, again, you know how much work has gone oh, I'm sorry, he just needs a ball of yarn. Oh, my goodness. And she kind of goes to start. So, yeah, you see Shukati kind of like go over to you less, and he like kind of pulls you away <laughs> from it before you can actually really learn anything of value. 
So, uh, did did the one actually spill in any of the the documents? Yeah, she, she got, got like a few okay. drops on it, but she was very hyper protective of. It. She was then <gasps> she immediately went over there and started like you know wiping it off and things. Ray's would uh, walk up. Please allow me. I'm adept at cleaning such messes. Cast prestidigitation to clean up the wine from any of the important papers. Okay, all right, absolutely. Or any clothing. What what color is your magic? What color is my magic? My magic would be reminiscent of wisps of flame. Okay, all right. As though uh, sparks ignite the air and that fire burns off the mess. All right. With your slow kind of drawl and your kind of, you know, presence here, you wave your hands in and little flames flicker around your fingers. And then as they do, they fret at them. As you can see here, at first go, no, and then the flames seem to magically just erase and remove things. And she looks, she goes, well, Shikati wasn't wrong. You are, he has found quite talented friends. Uh, Shikati, please take this. Uh, I do not want to carry this anymore. Ray, is there anything else that you wanted to do while you were there? Um, while she's distracted with my display of magic, I would like to look at the yeah. conspiracy board. Make make me an insight check to see what you can discern from the board. Did you spill less as one? I swear I thought Eli was going to say he was going to walk up to it and lick it clean. <laughs> Uh, that's, 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 that's a different game. All right, yeah. all right. So, what would you like to discern from this board here, Raze? With a I, seventeen, you can pretty much pick out kind of what you want to see and what you want to learn. I want to steer away from the conspiracy stuff. Being involved in conspiracy myself, I kind of see uh, more of the strings that are being pulled. I want to see if I can learn more about her contacts see if she has any of those written on like the inf- this is the information i got from this person absolutely. this is where this information is sourced from absolutely so with a 17 you're looking over and she doesn't have it like written out like oh you know joey told me this here she doesn't <laughs> have that here but she does have two unique symbols things that you have heard of but you had no idea that they actually existed you see there is a symbol of uh, about five lines that get bigger and bigger and bigger, almost kind of like a Wi-Fi bar or something like that here. And then at the very epicenter of it, there's a small E at that. That is the symbol of the Echoes, a group, an underground network that can deliver messages across the city. You've never met this particular group before. You've heard of it, and you have known in the past that it is that, that some groups have specific ways of getting messages from across the entire, because again, getting across the city can take several days. It can take several days to get across the city, but they've been able to get a message from here to here in a matter of a few minutes. There's also two other ones. There is one that is looks to be very reminiscent of a tiefling face. The part, you can see the eyes with the flames, and then there is the horns that are coming out in a swirl and coming out here. This is the Zalco Enclave symbol. This group you did not even know operated in this particular part of the city. This is something from um, the Antietam section of the city that is weeks, weeks out across the city travel. It is so far off, you can't even see it from the highest point inside of uh, the Aridin city that you guys are in right here. And then there is a cog with a 
with a uh, with a sword going through it here. This would be the Nibelis group. Again, a group of tinkerers, artificers, people who are very adept in the terms of mechanical and magical artifice. Um, they are a very powerful organization. Again, a group that you had no idea was even operating this area. And both groups, you can see the Azalco enclave symbol is sitting right next to the picture of Pauline Van Hayden. There is the image of her next to the Van Hayden fairgrounds on the actual uh, city map. And you can see there's a little symbol for the Azalco right there. And then at the factory that you were just at, and by the Wintermere's uh, wonderful um, and you know extravagant power system, there is the Nibelis group symbol up there. All right, I will make mental notes of that and report Absolutely. that back to the fifth form first chance I get. Absolutely. With everybody spending all the time at the um, at this board, <clears throat> uh, I'm I'm thinking. Rolex is going to make his way back there, probably as Ray's is finishing up, checking the board out. <clears throat> and he just walk, walk up slowly, put his hand on Ray's shoulder and say, so who is the whistle grower? <laughs> Excellent. But before you do that, uh, Ray, uh, before you do Rolex, just make me a, make me a, um, a straight uh, wisdom check to see how much you learned about art and its significance here. Let's just see how well. <laughs> Wisdom. Um, that would be it, under uh, checks. I think it's thistle sower. <clears throat> Don't be silly. Nope, I didn't gather much. I rolled a <laughs> so, two. So you, you you liked several of the simpler ones, like, oh, this is a farm, this is a house, and this, but like the neo-cubist things, and there was actually just one painting that was just a dot, and you just sat there and you stared at it for longer than you expected, and it just didn't compute as far as how this was art here. Some of the some of the ab abstract art stuff you just didn't get. But, you know, you know, take that yeah. for what you will. <laughs> and, and that's part of the reason why he doesn't quite get it yet. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> right? He's convinced that art's going to be part of it, though. <clears throat> <laughs> All right. With that uh, raise, um, uh, um, Rolex asks you if you found out who the whistleblower is. Uh, Rolex, there is... No such thing as whistle growers. Perhaps a whistle carver is what you're looking for. Unless you mean the whistle blower. I mean the whistle grower, the one who makes the whistle bigger so everyone notices that there's a problem. <laughs> so Makes close, me. my mechanical friend. So close. All right. So with that, <laughs> the group is now... Uh, you know, getting out of the office, and you guys are moving forward here. Um, uh, Ophidian has been reading over the note here and com contemplating what's been going on. And before we go further, we will go on a short break here, and Hello. we will come back to see what you guys want to do and how you guys want to proceed in this vast metropolis. Cool. Yeah. So we're gonna take um, we're gonna take about a ten minute break or so and come back cool. with the second episode of the night. So for now, we can all say. Uh, yeah. Bye for now. Bye. Adios. The preceding podcast was brought to you by One Joe Young. You can find us online at adventuresfromtheshed.com. Looking at you, Randy. More is more as good with episodes. Yes. <laughs>